at the topic of prayer. Because as we've been fasting, we've been doing a lot of praying. Possibly a whole lot more than we would usually do every day. We call in and for 30 minutes we all pray together. We are praying in our own homes. You are praying over your needs. So I want to focus on prayer and the place of prayer. The place that prayer should take in our lives. Psalm 65 verse 2. He says, Oh you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Oh you who hear prayer. He's talking about God. God hears us when we pray. God listens to us when we pray. God wants you to come to him because he wants to hear from you. Oh, you who hear prayer, and to you all flesh will come. You are a human being. You have flesh. You are supposed to go to him because you are a human being. He created you. You are supposed to be in good communication, in close contact with the one who made you. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. It says continue earnestly in prayer. Continue earnestly in prayer. Not feebly. Not weakly. Not intermittently. Not sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm not. It says continue earnestly. Fervently in prayer. Being vigilant in it. You know how to be vigilant and watchful? He says in your prayer life, be vigilant, be watchful in it. And as you do it, do it with thanksgiving. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. He says, praying always. Praying always, not sometimes. Not when I'm only, when I'm energized. When I'm weak, I don't pray. When I'm tired, I don't pray. When I have a lot of work to do, ah, prayer can be aside for, for this week or for this day. It says no. Praying always. God expects us to pray always. And He says when you pray always, it should be with all kinds of prayers. There are different kinds of prayer. There's a prayer of thanksgiving. There's a prayer of worship. There's a prayer where you go to God for your needs. There's a prayer you pray for other people. There's a prayer you do only in tongues. There are sometimes you pray you don't even have words. It's all kinds of prayer. He says pray with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit. You don't pray in your flesh. That's why it's important that you know how to pray in tongues. Because when you're praying in tongues, you bypass your understanding you allow your mind to be on the fast. Because sometimes when you're praying and your mind understands it, you in your mind cancel your own prayer because of what you're thinking. So it says pray with all prayer and supplication, but in the Spirit. And it says being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Why do we pray? Why? God understands we need all these things. God understands the world, everything, and He created us. But why do we have to pray? Those are some of the things I'm going to be looking at today. God works with people who pray. Great and mighty things, wonderful things happen in the lives of people who pray. 
No wonder Satan fights this so hard in our lives. We can do everything, but when it comes to prayer, we are tired. When it comes to prayer, we, are, we put it aside. Because the enemy knows that is where your victory is. I'm going to read some things that some, of, some generals of the faith wrote about prayer. Corrie ten Boone said, What wings are to a bird and sails to a ship, so is prayer to the soul. You've never seen a bird without wings able to fly. No, no, no. A bird cannot fly without wings. He's telling you the same thing. You cannot fly if you don't pray. You cannot rise in the things of the Spirit if you don't pray. You can't go from glory to glory, from level to level if you don't pray. He says, and sails is to a ship what prayer is to the soul. A, sh- a sail in the ship is what gets the wind and gives the ship the power to move forward. Prayer moves you forward. Prayer gives you the energy. Is the force behind your life. Everything in your life. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible to be alive without breathing. What is he saying? That a Christian who doesn't pray is spiritually dead. If you don't pray spiritually, that person, that believer is actually spiritually dead. You've been caught up. No connection between you and your father. Samuel Chadwick said, The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies. He fears nothing from prayerless work. He fears nothing from prayerless prayerless religion. But he trembles when we get on our knees and we pray. It's important that we pray. When we pray, things happen. When we pray, we line up with the will of God for our lives. When we pray, we give God the opportunity to talk to us and to direct us and to let us know his heart. For us, for our family, for our church, for our community, for our world. God has a will. But the only way to get that will and to hear from him is when you pray. So prayer is very, very important. No prayer is too small. No prayer is too big. God can handle your doubts. If you are doubting, go to Him. If you are afraid, go to Him. If you have questions, go to Him. If you are angry, go to Him. He can handle it. He can handle it. That's not the way the time to pull away from Him. Oh, He hasn't done this. Oh, He this, that. Uh-uh. When you have, the, those are the times you need Him more. Go to Him. Pour your heart out to Him. I'm mad at God. I'm angry. I'm angry. Tell him. He says, come, let us reason together. That's in the scripture. He says, come, let us reason together. God wants us to reason. We have to see God as our father. And I will come to that. He's our father. He's not my employer. He's not my genie. He's not my taskmaster. He's my father. It's a relationship. Is there's an intimacy, communion that we must have with God. 
Amen? Prayer is not an option. Jesus said uh, in John chapter 16, verse 24, He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. He says, until now, you have asked nothing. He says, ask and you will receive. That's the guarantee. That's the promise. That when you ask God in prayer, you will receive. You might receive it right now. You might receive it in the future. But every time you go to God, you can't be confident. You can't be assured that he hears you and that you will receive. No prayer is ever lost. No prayer is ever lost. The prayers you are praying for your children, it's not lost. The prayer you are praying for your family, it's not lost. The prayer you are praying for your needs to be met, it's not lost. God heard them and God is going to answer them. Now it might not come, the answer might not come the way you want it. But the God who created you, who put you together, who formed you, he knows what you need and when you need it. And how you need it. And you can trust him. But go to him in prayer. Talk to him. Ask him. And believe that you receive it. We are going to look at the life of Jesus. As you read the scriptures, you realize that Jesus prayed all the time. He was the son of God. He was the son of man. You have to remember, when he was in this body, he was in the body just like we have. Everything Jesus did, he did as a human being. So let's look at his, his life of prayer and let that be a model. Let that be an example for all of us. Amen? He was a man of prayer. You will read in the Bible that he frequently withdrew to a quiet place to pray. You will read in the Bible that he woke up early in the morning to pray. You will read that in the Bible that he went into the wilderness to pray. You read that he did this. Everything he did was based in prayer. He lived a power-filled life. A man doing all the miracles. No wonder the apostles, the disciples went and said, teach us to pray. Because they had seen the way things were happening in his life and they could realize that it was because of the prayer life that he had. They went to him and said, Lord... Teach us to pray. His life was filled with power. They had never seen things that they were seeing in him. In Luke chapter 13 verses 1 to 3, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, a certain place, a certain place, when he seized that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. We see that Jesus' life, the power in his life. Other people had been praying. If you, read the, if you do the commentaries, they will tell you that the Jews, when they go to the temple, they had prayer written down that they had to pray. And sometimes when they pray, they, they'll say the same line 20 times because they thought the longer they pray or the, the much time they spend in that one word, God will hear them better. 
But the disciples saw that Jesus didn't pray that way. He wasn't following the rule and the norm. And they could see that his life was filled with power. And the lives of those that were praying long and repetitive prayers, there was no power in them. So Jesus knew how to pray and he taught us how to pray. Jesus had open heaven over his life. Other than the power that he walked in, he had open heavens. Luke chapter 3 verse 21. He says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. But what was the difference with him? He says, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened. Do you want open heavens over your life? Do exactly what Jesus did. In prayer, you open heaven over your life. And open heaven can only be obtained when you're a person of prayer. Jesus showed us that. We're looking at Jesus now, the one we are following, the one we are modeling our lives after. We are saying what he did in, in respect to prayer, and that's what he's asking us today to start doing. Let's read another scripture. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night. He did all night by himself. Jesus, our Jesus. He prayed all night. And when it was day, why was he praying all night? You will see soon. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. We see that Jesus, before he made that destiny decision, who to walk with, who would follow him, who he needed to pour into, who he would leave with the responsibility of building his church, he stayed up all night to pray for wisdom to know how to do that. Any destiny decisions, any major decisions you're taking, spend time praying about it. Don't date anybody if you haven't prayed. Don't buy a house if you haven't prayed. Don't take that job if you haven't prayed. Don't do anything that will impact your life. Choosing a career that you will do, a business that you will start. If you haven't gone to the Lord and put it behind him, uh, before him, sorry, you shouldn't go ahead. You must let him bless your plan, give you directions, let you the way to go. We see this in Jesus. He didn't just go and say, you come. You, oh, you come. You come. No. He spent all night asking God, who do I pick? No wonder when he saw Nathaniel, when this clicked in my brain, I said, ah, God actually showed him. Opened his eyes to see those that he needed to choose. Because when he got to Nathaniel, he said, I saw you under the fig tree. Why did you think he saw him? It was when he was praying all night. God was revealing to him, yes, this is who you are to work with. This one is good. So your eyes can be actually opened. Your spiritual eyes can be opened. You might want to do something, but when you go into prayer, God will open your eyes to say, oh, that's not what I should do. It's in prayer that you get direction. Jesus showed us that. He selected the disciples after he prayed all night. That's what he expects us to do too. 
Another thing about ministry, in Luke chapter 5, verses 15 to 16, it says, However, the report went about concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear him, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16. So he often, himself, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now you would think he's been successful now. He's drawing crowds. He's healing everybody. Everybody, he's the talk of the town. He's successful now. What did he do? He still went to pray. He would withdraw to keep himself humble, to keep himself focused. When you are, people only, it's like we only go to God. I know that's, most people I know only go to God when they have trouble. They only pray fervently and long when they are in trouble, when something is wrong. But God expects even when you are succeeding, when things are doing well, to withdraw yourself too and pray because that's what's going to maintain it. That's what's going to maintain the success you're having. If your prayers have been answered, if things are going well, that's not the time to relax. That's why you, when you, keep, you need to keep doing what you've been doing, that's giving you the results you're getting. Continue praying. Continue praying. Continue fasting. Another thing we saw when he revealed his identity to his disciples, in Luke chapter 9 verse 18, he says, as it happened, as he was praying alone, that his disciples joined him, and he asked them, saying, who do the crowd say I am? Before he revealed who he was to his disciples, that he's Christ, the sent one, the Messiah, the promised one. Before he did that, he went alone by himself to pray. That means he was asking God for the right time to do what he needed to do. Remember he told his mother, my time has not come yet. Why? Because he wanted it to be exactly the time God wanted him to reveal himself. You see the importance of prayer? For Christ to be revealed in you, you must be a man and woman, or woman of prayer. For you to see the Jesus revealed in the life of who you are praying for, or you want Christ to be revealed in, you must be a woman or man of prayer. Anytime Christ has to be revealed, he has to be prayed into existence. You want Christ to be revealed in your children? Be a woman or man of prayer. You want Christ to be revealed in your life in a greater dimension? Be a woman and a man of prayer. That's what God is asking us. When he was transformed and transfigured on the mountain, in Luke chapter 9, 29, they said, as he prayed, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. It happened when he was praying. Any transformation that will happen in your life, any changes that will happen in your life, has to be done through prayer. If you're going to step up, if you're going to go higher in the things of God, it has to be through prayer. Jesus' appearance was transformed because he prayed. Same with Moses. He spent 40 days praying. When he came out, he's trans- he, he's, he was so transformed, he had to put a veil over his head. That's what prayer does for you. Prayer transforms your life. Prayer transforms your person. It's still happening today. 
Amen? We see that Jesus rose up early to pray. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, he says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You see how much Jesus prayed? He prayed all the time. For you to, you have to have a time that you set aside. Some people early in the morning works for them. Some people is late at night. But you have to do that. Jesus did it. He went early in the morning to a place by himself. And he prayed. We have to have a prayer altar. I will get, when I get, if I get there today. He says a certain place. When he was with his disciples, he was in a certain place. He was in a place that was a fixed place, an established place for him to go pray. I will encourage all of you, have a place in your house that you call your prayer altar. Have a place that you know that God is waiting for you there and there you meet with God. Every day spend time in that your altar with, in prayer. It's very important. Jesus did the same thing. So what are the essentials of prayer? We've looked at the life of Jesus. We've seen that he's a man, he was a man of prayer. And we want to pattern our lives to be people of prayer. So what should be in your prayer when you pray? How should we pray? That's basically what I'm going to talk about now. We're going to look at this in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And we're going to find this in Luke chapter 1 from verses 1 to 4. And I'm just going to stay in those verses and I'll be able to, hopefully, I'll be able to finish uh, this morning. It says, now it came to pass. As he was praying in a certain place, I just talked about that, but I will explain it a little bit further. As he was praying in a certain place, when he seized, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say to our, say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. We see in verse 1 it says he was praying in a certain place. He was praying in a certain place. I just explained that you have to have a fixed place that word certain, the root word of that was established, fixed. So you must have a fixed place, an established place where you meet with the Lord. Amen? Number two, verse one still. He says, Lord, the apostle said, Lord, teach us to pray. So that means two things. Prayer can be taught. Believers, and that's one of the reasons I'm, I was stressing again, being in Sunday school every, every Sunday and being in Bible study on Wednesday. So you can be taught the fundamentals of faith. Prayer can be taught. Because if it's not prayed correctly, your prayer becomes ineffective. Jesus didn't tell them, no, I don't need to, oh, I don't need to teach you, no. He answered them and he gave them a, a, a template of how to pray correctly. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. 
the knowing and understanding of how to pray makes your prayer effective and powerful. And then Jesus said, when you pray, he says, say. Say. I kind of alluded to that, that your prayer must be, it must be spoken. You must be speaking to God when you pray. Now the question is, do I have to say words? When he says say, your mouth is not the only thing that speaks, you know that. He didn't say speak words only. He says just say. And you know, I know that my mind speaks more than my mouth. But most of us here, we speak more in our, I mean, our mind is always talking. So you can pray with your mind. And I'll show you a scripture too, when, when it happened in the Bible. Hannah, when Hannah, the prophet Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, the prayer that Eli told the mother that God has heard you and is going to answer you, it was a prayer that she didn't speak. We're going to read that real quick. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. It says, as it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli washed her mouth. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. God heard the prayer because she was speaking from her heart. Only her mouth was moving. You couldn't hear what she was saying. In fact, the, the, prophet, the prophet thought, he, uh, Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. But she was pouring out. She said, I was pouring out my heart before the Lord. You all know that there are some things happen that all you can say is Jesus. <laughs> You've been there. When all you can say is, Lord, God, God, God. And you find yourself a whole hour. All you're saying is one word. But you're praying the deepest prayer you've ever prayed. So it says, say. Doesn't mean it has to be. You can lay in your bed there and just see yourself before the almighty God. And let, just talk to him in your mind. If, you have, you know, if your husband or wife is sleeping, you might not want to be disturbing them. But you can pray all night. And you don't even have to open your mouth. Amen? In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with what? With groanings, which cannot be uttered. That sometimes you are just groaning on the inside of you. Maybe one word, a few words, maybe nothing comes out. But you're still praying. So Jesus said, when you pray, you need to say. You need to be in communication. The important thing right there is you have to be talking to someone. Talking to your God. That's what he's saying there. And then he says in verse 2, pray to who? He says, pray to our Father in heaven. That is very important because the way you see God will determine how you pray to God. I know that as some people you didn't have a good father. You were even maybe molested by a father. 
abused by your father. So it's hard for you to see God as your father because the image you have of a father is not a good image. What do you do in times like that? The good thing is God has put in your life or you have seen in your life an example of a good father. Let that person be your example when you're praying to God. When you have that, that mental image you should have of a father, if your own father didn't do what he was supposed to do, have that person's image. Have, have thoughts in your mind that that's what a good father is. Because until that perception is changed, you will not be able to go to God freely. I know that, I know in my imagination when I'm praying, I see myself climbing onto him. Just climbing on his lap and hugging him and just loving on him. What do you do if your father molested you? You can't see God that way. So that's why you have to. See, God gave us our imagination because it helps us to interact with him. So that's why if you have somebody else that you can have that image of that in your mind, that's a good father. So this is how God is. This is how loving and good God is. Then he helps you to pray. But he says, you must pray to him as a father. You must pray to him because if you don't see God as a father, you will not be able to approach him and speak to him freely, openly. Don't see God as your employer. When you go to pray, it's not the time to quarrel with God. Some people quarrel with God as if, you know, God, you didn't do this for me. God, you didn't do that for me. Or they go to God just to to fight. Or to threaten him rather. Like you didn't do this for me, Lord. If you don't, if you don't answer my prayer in six, six months, I'm giving you six months. Six months, God. If you don't do this for me in six months, I will marry that man even though he's not a Christian. If you don't do this for me in six months, I won't, I won't go to church again. I've been praying, God, if you don't do it, I w-. you can't be threatening him. He's your father. He knows. You see how children trust their parents? They don't question if there's going to be food in the house. They don't question if your parent is driving, that they're taking you to the wrong direct place. You put them in that car seat, they go to sleep. Because they trust, they trust daddy, they trust mommy. They know that where you're taking them is going to be good for them. You give them the greens to eat, they might say no, but you keep feeding it to them because you know it's good for them. Right? Your child tells you they want candy, 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 candy. Cake, 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 money, lunch, and dinner. You don't do that. You give them what you know as a parent is good for them. Your six-year-old will come to you, Dad, I love that car. Give me the car key. I want to drive. You know you can't give a six-year-old the car, the, the car keys to drive. You know it's not the right time. Why do we think God doesn't deal with us the same way? That's the same way. We do it. And then when God is doing it to us, we start to threaten him. We get mad at him. He knows what's good for you. He knows the right time for you to have it. He knows the plan and the purposes he has for you. If we see him as a father, as a parent, we can trust him. We can know that he knows what he's doing because after all he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil. To give you an expected end. When he's working with us, he's working with us according to the expected end that he has planned out for us. Hallelujah. Can we trust him? Can we go to him as a father? 
and say, Father, I don't understand. I don't know what you're doing. I've asked for this, but Lord, I know you are my father, and I know you are a good, good father. And I know that whatever I tell you to do for me, if you're not giving it right now, it's because you know something I don't know. I don't see the future, but you do. And I can rest in you. I can put my life in your hands, because whatever is given to you, you don't let it fall. Jesus says, all that you have given me, I have kept. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 2. It says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will, not my will, be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you want is what I want to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You must go to God wanting his will to be done, not your will. You must go wanting the will of God to be done in your family, in your church, in your community, not your will. Sometimes we are, we are, we are strong-willed people. That's why God, Moses told, told God, says, these people say they are stiff-necked. You cannot, you can't bend their will. You can't, this is what I want to do, God. You bless it. Bless it. This is what I want. Jesus says, no. It's his will be done on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. For your prayer to be effective, it must be asking for God's will. That your will, that your life, that your desires, that your pursuits, that everything about you is in sync, aligned perfectly to the will of God. In every area of your life. In every area of your life. Saying, God, this is what I have. What do you want me to do with it? Lord, this is what I'm doing. Is this what you want me to do? Going to him for everything. And then he says too, verse 3, he says, give us this day. When you read that prayer, go back again and read it. You won't see anything that says I. When he started talking about lead us, give us, deliver us, it was us, us, us. God is expecting us to be concerned about other people. Just as much as you are concerned about yourself. If you are with God and all you are saying, God bless me, my family, I, I, me, I, me, mine, you've missed it. He says, give us. Lord, I realize that I have needs, but I know my sister too has needs. So Lord, I'm going to put my need aside first and I'm going to pray for her need. I know that my brother has a need. He shared it with me. I know I have mine, Lord. I will put it aside. I'm going to pray for my brother. For that thing that he's asking you for. I'm going to lock my hand with him in the spirit. And say, God, do it for him. Do it for him. He says, give us. No wonder when Job prayed for his friends. That when his own situation was turned around. All the time that he was focused on himself. And questioning God. And asking God foolish questions. Nothing happened. 
But immediately, he started praying for his friends. Everything was turned around in his life. And that's when his life, the latter part of his life, became even greater than the, the former. Why? Because he prayed for his friends. Jesus said, give us this day. We must be people, believers, who are concerned about other people. How much time in our prayer life do we pray for other people? Do we even mention other people at all? He says, no. He says, forgive us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. You no longer see where it was me. I, everything was us. Hallelujah. Oh, I have five more minutes. I guess next week we're going to look at the other part of it. Why do we pray? What is the purpose of prayer? We're going to talk, say that prayer is the way for you to maintain your relationship with God. You have a husband and a wife at home. If you don't talk and communicate, you know your marriage is broken. You know there's trouble. So if you don't communicate with God, if you're not praying, the relationship you have with God is, is broken. That's just what it is. So we're going to look at that. We're going to see that your prayer place is a place of communion. It's a place where you tell God your needs and it's the place where he tells you his needs. It's the place where you tell God what you want, what you want your will, your desires, is the place where he talks back to you. It's a two-way communion. And so when you pray, don't just talk, 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 and then get up and leave. Also wait and hear from him. You've told him what you want. You've come to talk to him. He too wants to talk to you. So after praying, quiet down. Spend some few minutes just waiting for him. He will either give you a scripture, he will either give you a thought, or a song will come up if you're one who prays with worship, you know, songs, whatever. A song will come up and you will know, you will know that God has spoken to you. So develop that habit of praying and waiting for him to speak. Because again, like he says, come, let us reason together. It's a two-way street. So we're going to talk about that next week a little bit more. And also, ooh, prayer, your prayer altar should not just be a prayer, a place for asking for needs. Sometimes just set time to have a prayer of appreciation. A time where <laughs> you're not going to him for give me, give me, give me, give me, and give me, or give me more. It's just an hour where you just love on him. Where you tell him how much you appreciate him. How much you love him. How much you adore him. How you know that without him you are nothing. How everything you do in life is, is by his power and by his grace. What an awesome privilege to be called a child of God. To be saved and to live with him forever. A piece of dust. Me, God. You saw me and you said I was worthy to know you. You saw me and you, were, and you thought I was worthy to be poured upon. You gave me this life. You love me so much, God. I just came to tell you, Lord, I love you. I just want to tell you, God, I appreciate you. 
make sure you have those times. It's just to go to him, prayer of appreciation. We, that's why we pray. You know why? Because when you are that kind of a believer, even when things are not going right with you, even when everything is wrong, you can still go to him. You still have the confidence that, Lord, because you love me so much and I love you this much, I'm okay. Jesus doesn't have to be there. Jesus doesn't have to answer and not be there. Jesus doesn't have to give me everything I want. I know, Lord, that you already gave your life for me. I know that you already sacrificed yourself. You already called me out of darkness and put me to your kingdom of your marvelous light. You already put your spirit in me. What more can I want from you, God? I'm grateful. I appreciate you. We need to have times like that. Where we just adore him, appreciate him, tell him how much we love him. And in the prayer place of prayer in your altar, that's where you enforce, enforce the will of God. You say, God, this is what I read. I'm not seeing that now, but I know that's what you said. You cannot lie. And so, Lord, it's time to fight the enemy. That's why you enforce the will of God. That's why I can't understand why a Christian that doesn't pray, it's just, it doesn't even, it's, it's an oddity. It doesn't even make sense because how can you be serving God and want to have a relationship and want Him to walk in your life and you're not, a, you're not a person of prayer. Everything else you can do but to spend time with Him, I'm too busy, I'm stressed. It doesn't even make sense. That should be the number one. Because you can enforce the will of God in your place of prayer. And in your place of prayer, your prayer is the key that you use to open the warehouse of God's resources. It's a key. Without prayer, you won't get anything. So can you imagine God has given you a key? And in that warehouse is all the goodies, all the resources you want, you need. And you have the key to go there and open it. And you just keep the key. And you keep saying, God, give me. God, give me. Oh, I, I know as a Christian I should be this. I know as a Christian, that's what, I, I know as a Christian, they said if you're a Christian, everything. But you have the key to go to God and say, God, according to your word, you put the key in. It says this, it says that. You're turning the key. And so, Lord, I believe that you will do as your word has spoken. The door opens and heaven falls on you. In prayer, your prayer altar, you assess all the supplies and all the resources you need. And at your place of prayer is where you destroy the agenda of the enemy. The plans, because as, you, as God is planning for you, the enemy is planning for you also. But at your place of prayer, especially if you pray in tongues, you send those missiles. You send those bombs into the camp of the enemy and all his plans are destroyed. Everything he plans for you is destroyed completely, not to be able to be put together. That is at your place of prayer. So, I'm really encouraging all of us. I will continue next week, talk more about these points and bring some other things out. But we have to be a people of prayer. If you are praying, keep it up. Step up a little bit higher. If you've not been praying consistently, earnestly, start doing it. Maybe start with 15 minutes every day. Start with 30 minutes. I'm telling you, once you start, before you know it, you are there one hour and you're like, oh my God, when did the time go? 
Let us be people of prayer. Amen. Stand up to your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Next week is when we are going to bring, because our fast is over on Saturday. We are going to have the boxes here next week. So throughout this week, on the last week of, last week of the fire, fast, I want you to write down all the things that you want God to do for you. We have some testimonies, Shirley. I'm going to want to have you tape your testimony. If also from last year, from the things you put on the altar here that God has done for you, please let me know so we can set up a time for you to video it so we can have the whole church hear what God has done. Because God, he says, he answers prayers when we pray, right? And so next week, I want you all to bring your needs here. The needs will be here, and what you are believing God you want to do for him will be here too, so we can have God all the time know what we want. Amen. Lift your hands up in prayer this morning. Lift your hands up to him this morning. Hmm. Lord, we stand before you. As a family this morning, God, we know that you are You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are our Father. And so, Lord God, as we stand before you today, Father God, I pray that you will instill in our hearts the desire, more desire to pray, to come to you, Lord, because without you, we can do nothing. Without talking to you and hearing from you, we cannot do all the things we want to do for you in 2023, God. We cannot do and and have all our needs met, God. And so, Lord God, as we appear you, Lord, I pray that you will baptize us with the spirit of prayer. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl at the Ark Fellowship, baptize us with the desire to pray. Not just to pray, but to pray fervently, to pray earnestly. And to pray continuously. Father God, we know you will do it. We know you will do it. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Lord, as we've been in your presence today, we know that you have spoken to us. Father, what you have put in everyone's heart, Lord, I pray that we think about it. That we meditate upon it and that we take action based on what they've heard today. You said your word will never fall to the ground. It will never go out and not accomplish all that you have made for it to accomplish. Lord, I bless your people this week. Lord, I pray that your favor will go with them. As it says in Psalm 5 verse 12, let your favor surround them like a shield. Everyone they meet, let them have favor with them as they have favor with with you. Open doors for them. Give them signs and wonders. Do miracles. Give us testimonies this week, Lord. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I want the prayer partners, please come out.